In this episode of SNC Critical Insights, Enosi Niata joins Werner Allers for the second episode in a two-part series discussing their work guiding Belize through a blue bond restructuring, an innovative deal that's funding ocean conservation. So how is it that this opportunity to actually thread the needle on these challenges materialized? It really all started at the initiative of the Nature Conservancy. The the Nature Conservancy was the key mover in creating the basic outlines of a structure that they had been developing as part of their blue bonds for ocean conservation program, which is something that they launched in 2017 to open up financing sources that would allow island and coastal nations to reinvest in their most critical natural resources. And they've had a long presence in Belize, as you can probably imagine, given the significant resource of Belize's barrier reef. And they had opened up discussions with the government in early 2020, actually before we knew about them, because they had been keeping them confidential for quite some time, about the possibility of arranging and financing that would allow Belize to restructure all of its outstanding debt. And these discussions picked up significantly in the spring of 2021, and we were brought into those discussions at that time to start negotiating directly with Belize's council. So I I think I mentioned that the TNC Blue Bond Program was relatively new. It, It had been launched in 2017. I think what this highlights, though, is that it was new, but it was really also untested. You know, to, to date, the apart from Belize, the largest still financing under the Blue Bond Program that had been completed was a $15 million financing in the Seychelles. And though we, we never really learned much about the nature of that financing transaction, who handled the negotiations, what were the terms, et cetera, other than you know, very broad outlines that are publicly available, it really was clear when we started engaging with the Nature Conservancy that there were a whole host of really fundamental issues from the perspective of the sovereign borrower that they must not have really ever confronted before, likely because the Seychelles may not have had the resources or the leverage to address these issues in in those financing efforts. So we were really faced with having to kind of start from scratch in a way to design a a sophisticated arm's length transaction that would protect Belize as well as uh, achieve its long-term objectives for the restructuring. So just to drill down a little more into the transaction structure, this was fairly complicated because there were a lot of different moving parts, as has been suggested, that all had to come together at the same time. And ultimately, this was intended to be win-win for all of the parties. The bondholders who get paid out get cash, Belize gets lower debt load at a cheaper cost. There's conservation goals that are worked into it. TNC, the Nature Conservancy, is managing those. It has the expertise to do that. Belize benefits from that in the long run because their whole economy is supported by having a strong coral reef and tourism. And the new money is comfortable that they'll be paid back, right? So how do we achieve all of those things? The first piece is obviously the restructuring and cash tender offer. So Belize launched the cash tender offer to buy back the super bonds. They were at a significant discount, as was mentioned by Jim. So essentially, the super bond holders are accepting 55 cents on the dollar on their bonds. And they're doing this partly because they're getting cash, not just a restructured bond, but also because of the conservation goals. And as everyone's probably seen recently, there's a lot of appetite 
to sort of fit into the ESG box. And this bond restructuring was able to do that. And so the fact that there was a conservation element to this really did enhance the appetite of the existing super bondholders to participate in this and accept the cash tender offer. So there was a consent solicitation to modify the terms of the super bond that required 75%. There were some challenges to achieving that, as Werner said, but there was also the chicken and egg problem that was mentioned where the super bondholders didn't want to go in all the way and commit to this without knowing where the money was coming from to pay them back. And the structure that was supporting the money coming in to pay them back didn't want to spend a lot of time working that out because it was fairly complicated without knowing that we were going to get 75% consent from the super bondholders. So I think we, as Werner said, there was sort of this process of pursuing each side in parallel to the point where each side had enough to know that they could take the next step. But what that meant was when we got the 75% from the super bondholders, there was a window about two and a half months where we had to lock in the rest of the structure, or we would have to go back to the bondholders and basically get their consent again, because they were not going to sit there for an endless period of time waiting for us to sort out where the money was coming from. So that happened first, we got the 75%. And then we had to scramble to put all the other pieces in place, which everyone had sort of been generally comfortable with, but hadn't fully nailed down. And as Werner said, a lot of the participants in this, and there were a lot of them, all said their piece of the transaction had been done before, but none of those had been done together in this way. And in some cases, not at the scale that we were doing. So second component, there have to be funds coming in to pay the super bondholders. And where were those coming from? TNC set up an SPV, so it's a brand new special purpose vehicle that would make a loan to Belize with the funds that were needed both to pay off the super bondholders and to establish a portion of this, the marine conservation endowment. TNC is a not-for-profit. Some of you may be familiar with it. People provide funds to it for it to run its programs. It does not go out there and raise funds in the market, and it doesn't itself have the credit to back up paying this off if anything goes wrong. And so TNC then had to set up a back-to-back structure where they got the funding to provide to Belize. And that is our third box. And they did this in a couple of ways. One was with Credit Suisse, who had been engaged in discussions with TNC before, where Credit Suisse used an existing securitization program that would offer a bond in the market to sort of a bunch of investors who would subscribe to the bond, provide funding to a Credit Suisse entity, which would then loan the funds to the TNC SPV, which would then loan the funds to Belize. But the none of those entities in the chain really had the credit to support that. And we've heard about Belize's various restructuring issues. And so the most attractive way to get those funds from the securitization investors was to credit support the bond with basically the credit of the U.S. government. And that's where DFC came in. They provided political risk insurance that basically said, if Belize didn't pay, an arbitration award was obtained and and confirmed Belize was supposed to pay and didn't, DFC would pay off the bonds and DFC would then go to Belize and have a government to government discussion to get paid back. And so the bonds were essentially rated US government credit rating because they were backstopped by the full faith and credit of the US government through the DFC political risk insurance policy. A lot of these structural issues came up and had to be resolved, but two of the big ones, the first one being 
collective action clauses with a sovereign issuer bonds. Uh, and here, this, you know, the sovereign was a borrower on the loan. It's really important to have a mechanism where you can restructure those without requiring unanimous consent. Proof of that came through this very restructuring, right? Getting 75% was a hurdle, but if we had to get 100%, it would have raised all sorts of difficulties, partly because you don't know who's holding all those bonds. You may not be able to track them down to get that consent. So it was very important that we structured the loan in a way that no one in this chain could make changes to their component of the documentation that would then mean that you needed 100% approval to restructure Belize's payment obligations. And that required looking all through the chain and making sure we had a mechanism that set up this 75% or minimum threshold or maximum threshold as kind of sacrosanct along the entire structure, which took some working given all of the pieces, but that was a key principle that sort of flowed through one of the things that we did. The second piece was the SPV structure risk. And this is it sort of falls into a broader structure risk when you have so many boxes in the chain, each one of whom may become a cash trap, it becomes very important to ensure that the funds end up where they're supposed to end up. So initially when the structure was put in front of Belize, all of the funds ran through this TNC SPV, right? They were just gonna set up a Delaware entity. It was going to hold all the funds and accounts that it set up and manage them. And it took a while of discussion and negotiation to have everyone appreciate that that wasn't ideal. If something happened to TNC, which is a not-for-profit that runs its business that is not managing a structured credit, if something went wrong with them, no one wanted cash to be trapped in this SPV entity that was so important to make sure the structure worked. And so eventually a Delaware statutory trust was set up. So accounts were held there, funds flowed through that entity rather than the TNC SVV to be able to ensure that any funds coming to Belize sort of got to Belize in the way they're supposed to, any funds paid by Belize got to the blue bond holders in the way that they were supposed to. And a lot of the structuring went into ensuring that all fit together. Thank you for listening to SNC Critical Insights. For more information about our practice, please visit us on the web at www.salkram.com. Thank you.